It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Content warning. This episode contains discussion of violence and murder. Today, the corner of 75th and Coles in Chicago is quiet. Weeds poke through the cracks in the sidewalk. Overhead, the sky is a hazy white. To the left, there's a vacant lot rimmed by a chain-link fence. On the other side of that sits a nondescript stone building crowned with a banner that bears the name of the restaurant within, Nadia. We're in the city's South Shore section. 
It's just a short walk to a beach with some stunning views of Lake Michigan's blue-green waves. This neighborhood has a distinguished history. This is where Michelle Obama and Kanye West grew up. Unfortunately, in recent years, the area has become known as one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. Look up the latest news from the area online. The headlines you find will be a litany of violence and death. Four shot while on a porch at home in South Shore. Man getting into rideshare, fatally shot in South Shore. Teen boy, bystander, killed in South Shore Food Mart shootout. It goes on and on. According to Area Vibes, a site which helps people determine the livability of areas they are considering moving to, the violent crime rate here is 144% that of Chicago as a whole, with a total of 2,301 violent crimes per 100,000 people. Of course, the violence is just one facet of this place, and it's too often boiled down as a simple truism that Chicago is dangerous or the South Shore is a bad area. Those are sound bites, talking points often exploited by racists. After all, the South Shore has historically been a majority black neighborhood for years. Quick takes don't encapsulate the reasons behind this violence. We could talk about the history of racial discrimination and political corruption in this city the financial struggles that have deeply impacted the South Shore, the tangled web of gang conflicts, or the flood of firearms pouring into this city from neighboring Indiana. In this episode, however, we won't be delving too much into that important context. We'll get into all that later in the series. Today, we're just going to share a single story with you, a brutal, jarring moment in time. Before we push you into the rabbit hole, we want to give you the bare facts as they were reported at the time of these incidents. We're going to tell you about the murders and Nadia. At around 3.50 on March 30th, 2017, an armed man walked up to this restaurant, opened fire, and fled. He left behind him four dead men. Edwin Davis, 32, Emmanuel Stokes, 28, Dylan Jackson, 20, and Raheem Jackson, 19. But, according to what police would soon tell the world, the story of the Nadia murders did not begin there, and it certainly did not end there. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And this is The Murder Sheet, a weekly true crime podcast. Anya and I connected over the Burger Chef murders, a 1978 unsolved case involving the killings of four young restaurant employees. Now we're looking to track restaurant homicides. To help us understand the patterns of these crimes, we created a spreadsheet of nearly a thousand eatery-related killings, the Murder Sheet. We'll be drawing on that data throughout season one to give you a deep dive into undercovered crimes. We don't just rely on skimming the headlines. We dive into these cases to bring you in-depth coverage. We're the murder sheet, and this is In the Shadow of Nadia, The Murders.
Let's go back to March 29, 2017, the night before the murders at Nadia Fish and Chicken. At 11.13 p.m. that evening, a 37-year-old man named Jerry Jacobs was making his way around the South Shore. He was about a 20-minute walk away from Nadia, in an area so marked by violence that it is often called Terror Town. Four men got out of a dark-colored vehicle near Jacobs and took shots at him. He was hit in the right side. It is unclear who fired at him or why. Police later told the media that Jacobs was a documented gang member, whatever that means, and that he had a long criminal history. Jacobs, they said, had been arrested 47 times and had been charged with murder twice. According to DNAinfo.com, Jacobs managed to get himself to a nearby hospital, but there wasn't much they could do for him. He was pronounced dead at 3.40 a.m. No one has ever faced charges in connection with his death. But the violence was far from over. The same night that Jacobs was killed, residents of a nearby apartment building called police to report they had heard gunshots. Officers came to investigate and didn't notice anything unusual. They knocked on the door, and they didn't get an answer. We don't know whether this means that they knocked on the apartment building's main door or individual apartment doors. The media reports are not clear. Either way, since the law does not permit police to force their way into a building unless they see evidence that a person is in danger, the officers had no choice but to leave without even entering the building. The family of Patrice Calvin, a 26-year-old pregnant woman who lived in the building, tried to contact her the next day, but they couldn't reach her. Concerned, her brother called 911. This time, the officers entered the apartment, and they discovered Patrice, dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Patrice's father told ABC7 News that he wondered if she could have been saved if police had gone into the building and investigated the night before. My daughter was carrying my grandchild, he said. That is two people dead. As reporters went around the area, talking with neighbors about Patrice, they heard a popping in the distance. The noise came from the direction of Nadia Fish and Chicken, less than a mile away. It was the sound of gunshots, one after another. Let's take a quick break from the murder sheet to tell you about a podcast investigating yet another unforgettable crime. The Orange Tree is a seven-part series about a 2005 homicide that happened near the University of Texas at Austin. The murder of 21-year-old Jennifer Cave, who was shot, dismembered, and left in a bathtub at her friend Colton Petoniak's apartment, continues to haunt the area to this day. Like the Burger Chef murders, this case features plenty of twists and turns, including Colton's flight to Mexico with another UT student, Laura Hall. Both were later convicted in connection with the crime, although Colton has continued to appeal his verdict and claim innocence. The business student turned convicted murderer now says that he doesn't even remember much about the night Jennifer died. The Orange Tree is reported on and produced by Haley Butler and Tanu Thomas, who were both seniors at the University of Texas when they started this project. 
Together, Haley and Tanu strive to piece together this tragic story in an in-depth podcast that features audio from courtroom scenes and interrogation rooms, prison phone calls, and exclusive interviews with both the perpetrators and the victim's family. You can binge all seven episodes of The Orange Tree today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's ro.co slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And now, back to the murder sheet. It is not entirely clear what happened in Nadia Fish and Chicken on March 30th, 2017. Witnesses reported different details that simply don't add up to a clear and coherent picture. Of course, in a mass shooting, when you're dealing with a chaotic situation and terrified witnesses, that's not exactly surprising. By one account, the gunman emerged from a nearby vacant lot and immediately opened fire. He hit two of the victims in the back as they fled the scene and followed the other two victims into the restaurant shooting them from the front doorway. Other accounts suggest that the gunfire started inside the restaurant, that the murderer killed two victims there and then pursued the other two outside when they tried to flee. But everyone agrees that when the gunman finally departed, he left four dead men behind him. Edwin Davis and Emmanuel Stokes were shot and killed inside the restaurant. The ABCI team reported that Davis and Stokes both had police records, and their Facebook pages both highlighted their affiliation with gangs. But Dylan Jackson and Raheem Jackson died outside. Dylan was discovered just outside the restaurant, while Raheem was found slumped against a tree in a yard a block or so away. 
Dylan and Raheem Jackson were brothers. Their grandmother, Georgia Jackson, told reporters that they had gone to the restaurant to visit their mother, Dana, who worked there, and perhaps to grab a bite. Instead, they ended up shot to death in front of their mother. I was standing right here in the window, their mother told the Chicago Tribune. They killed them right in front of me. According to her account, her sons had gotten food and were leaving the restaurant when the shooter appeared and started firing. She believed, in other words, that her sons hadn't been targeted, that they had just the terrible luck to get between the killer and his intended victims. Whether they were targeted or not, authorities quickly connected the Jacksons to the neighborhood's violent culture. Police told the ABCI team that Raheem was linked to a gang. The station also reported that Dylan's Facebook profile had many pictures of him brandishing weapons. At the crime scene, police kept Dana from getting too close to either of the sons she had just lost. She struggled to find a mutual zone, a place where she would be roughly an equal distance from the bodies of both Dylan and Raheem. I've got to stand with them both, she told the Tribune. I can't leave. I've got to stay with both my sons until they get them up. By an awful coincidence, this was not the first time the Jackson family had lost a loved one to this sort of violence. A little over five years earlier, another of Georgia's grandsons, 16-year-old Jerwan Ross, was inside a Chicago-area church's chicken when a fight broke out just outside between a man named Arthur Cheney and someone else. When the person arguing with Cheney fled into the restaurant, Cheney followed him inside took out a gun, and started shooting wildly. Cheney did not hit the person he had been arguing with, but he did shoot seven other people. Two of the victims, Jawan and Dentro Brown, 17, were killed. Cheney ended up getting sentenced to life plus 120 years for what he had done. But of course, that did not bring back Jawan or Dentro. And now, Georgia Jackson and her family had to deal with the loss of two more of their young men. Incredibly, the quadruple murder in Nadia was not the end of the violence that befell the South Shore neighborhood that day. The time was about 10.30 p.m. 27-year-old Cornell Patrick and 23-year-old Dominique Scott were riding in their van near the South Shore Cultural Center. The building has a bit of a pedigree, The exteriors were used in the movie The Blues Brothers, and former President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle had their wedding reception there back in 1992. A black jeep pulled up next to Patrick and Scott, and someone inside that vehicle started firing. Patrick, who was in the rear of the van, was struck in the side. Scott, in the front passenger seat, was hit in the head. Whoever was driving the van lost control of the vehicle, and it crashed into a pole. A witness told the Chicago Sun-Times that she saw someone get out of the van and run off. The shooter got away too, but Patrick and Scott were pronounced dead at the scene. You lose count of the shootings after a while, Kyra Carr, who lived in the area, told the Chicago Sun-Times. But seven bodies in a day. Crazy. Something is wrong. Early press reports suggested that Patrick was associated with the gangster's disciples, Lafa faction. This led many to conclude that his murder, and perhaps the other killings, were somehow gang-related. The police began to focus on this angle, 
especially after hearing a rumor that the murders at Nadia were in retaliation for the killing of Jerry Jacobs the night before. They began approaching witnesses with pictures of Jacobs' 19-year-old son, Maurice Harris. According to Assistant State's Attorney Jamie Santini, not one, not two, but three eyewitnesses ultimately identified Harris as the Nadia killer. The Chicago Tribune reported that witnesses saw Harris standing in the doorway of the restaurant as he opened fire, gunning down Stokes and Davis. On the strength of that compelling testimony, prosecutors made the decision to charge Harris with the four murders at Nadia. But first, they had to apprehend him. To do that, they used some trickery. Authorities asked Harris to come in to talk about the death of his father. When he showed up, they arrested him. Afterwards, they held a press conference trumpeting their quick success in resolving such a high-profile case. The authorities conceded that this was Harris's first arrest as an adult, but they did not hesitate to reveal that he had a juvenile record. To the surprise of some, they even discussed the details of that history. Harris, who again was 19, had been arrested 29 times, and there had been four findings of delinquency against him. One of those findings had been related to an armed robbery and vehicular invasion charge. Harris himself had even admitted his guilt on a 2013 charge of illegally possessing a firearm. Those details seemed to carry a great deal of weight with the police. They demonstrated, said Superintendent Eddie Johnson, that Harris was, quote, no stranger to CPD, nor is he unfamiliar with using an illegal handgun. Police admitted they could not be 100% certain of Harris's motives, since he had exercised his right to remain silent. But that almost didn't matter. They didn't need his help to figure out why he had done it. I think a reasonable belief, said Chicago Police Commander Brendan Dinahan, would be that his father got killed, and then subsequently he shoots and kills these four people. Does he do that randomly? I mean, only he can answer that question. I wouldn't suspect he would just pick four random people on the street. That wouldn't make sense to me. Their theory, in short, was that Harris had killed the four persons at Nadia as revenge for what had happened to his father the night before. Later that day, at a bond hearing, prosecutors added another piece of the puzzle. Harris was a known member of a gang. He was part of the Black Pea Stones faction, No Limit. The implication was obvious. With the exception of Patrice Calvin, virtually all the victims in these murders had some sort of a connection to a gang. Think about the number of times we mentioned gang connections in our overview of the spate of violence just now. So many of these victims, a group largely comprised of black men, were labeled as gang members or suspected gang members. They weren't defined by their family ties or links to the community, just their criminal records. The narrative was clear. All the violence was gang-related and did not represent much of a threat to any Chicagoans who were not part of the gang culture. As long as they stayed out of the crossfire, they would be safe. This was especially true since Maurice Harris the man police claimed was responsible for the quadruple homicide at Nadia Fish and Chicken, had been arrested and was now behind bars. And he wasn't getting out. The prosecutors wouldn't even release him to go to his father's funeral. 
As the justice system began the long journey to a trial, everything seemed to be working well. Police had caught the killer. Someone would pay for the carnage at Nadia. But there was a problem. Maurice Harris didn't do it. The police had the wrong man. Next week, we will tell you more about Maurice Harris, including a crucial detail about his history with the police department that somehow got left out of the press conference. Not long before he was arrested, Harris had filed a civil suit against the Chicago police, and he was winning it. For this first part of our look at the Nadia Fish and Chicken murders, we relied largely on 2017 mainstream media accounts. We found valuable information in the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Detroit Free Press, the New York Post, DNA Info, CBS2 Chicago, ABC7 Chicago, the ABCI team, and NBC Chicago. This story was so unusual, it was even covered overseas by the Daily Mail. We also found their coverage useful. The non-mainstream press also covered this story extensively. Journalists of color have posted about it at places like YouTube. We'll discuss that angle more next week, but did want to highlight a specific video. The link will be in our notes. It is produced by Street News TV and called Shyrock Street Legends Episode 50. This video includes a memorable sequence where a worker at Nadia Fish and Chicken mops up some of the blood of the murder victims and discusses the impact of violence on his community. We first became aware of these murders via a story by Sam Charles that appeared in the Chicago Sun-Times. It included comments from Harris's attorney, Ian Barney. We will introduce you to Barney next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Murder Sheet. As always, thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenley, who composed the music for The Murder Sheet and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. To keep up with the latest on the murder sheet, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Murder Sheet, and on Facebook at MSheet Podcast, or by searching Murder Sheet. If you enjoy listening to the murder sheet, please leave us a five-star review to help us gain more exposure. And send tips, suggestions, and feedback to murdersheet at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.